1: Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at P.A. Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. Lately, I've been dropping multi-part episodes, um, not really just to f- help fill the quarantine content void, um, mostly because I end up in two-hour conversations and I'm trying to cut them down to 30-minute episodes and these are all really smart guys that I'm really fortunate to get to talk to and so there's just more there. However... I like when things start and stop. I like it being self-contained in a 30-minute episode. So instead, what I've done is I've created a 30-minute episode for this week, which is just dropping on Saturday, but I've also created some mini-sodes or something. We'll come up with a better name. Um, I've got a few from Jordan McNamara's interview, um, uh, the man who wrote the analytics of Dynasty. Um, this... Little mini-sode here is me and him talking specifically about Joe Mixon and how some teams seem to have a type which can get frustrating or can be a potential benefit to know about um, while playing late-round Flyers in Dynasty. So I want to leave it here very raw, very unedited, very behind-the-scenes kind of a thing. Um... For you guys, hopefully it's interesting, hopefully it's maybe even a teaser for the episode dropping on Saturday. I don't know what it is, but I think uh, they're interesting little segments of a conversation. Um, and if you like them, let me know, at P.A. Howdy on Twitter. If you don't, let me know, and I'll I'll quit. Um, but yeah, I uh, hope you enjoy it, and here's my small segment of conversation with Jordan about Joe Mixon and how some teams seem to have a type at different positions. Thanks. The other guy that you just got me thinking about was um, Joe Mixon, where, like, we, I happened to look at him the other day when I was talking um, about guys with Tom, and, like, Joe Mixon's receiving role in college was extraordinary, like an extraordinary amount of his production. And he was very productive running back on the ground, but an extraordinary amount of his total yards, for example. It's something like 40%, which is, like, more than Christian McCaffrey or something. Um uh-huh. I'd have to look it up, but I don't want to I've got way too many clicky clickies in all my podcasts. All my, my little mouse. I've got to get a silent mouse or stop doing it. So I'm stopping doing it because I'm not getting a new mouse. I'd also like to, you know, Jordan, I'm sorry about my dogs. Like everyone's on quarantine right now. So like they don't know what to do with this many people at home. They're like, everyone needs to be barked at, clearly. And so I've got a lot of dog barking going on. I apologize. For that. I can't hear it. So don't, you don't need to worry about that. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, um, Joe Mixon was someone who had definitely, I thought, I think, had an outside receiving usage in college. Um, and yet in the NFL, he really hasn't had that. I mean, being paired with Giovanni Bernard's probably a downside on that. Um, and then the two backs behind both of those guys have really good receiving roles as well. Like, I was arguing with this on Twitter the other day, Joe Mixon's getting late into his career to expect more than we've seen. Like Derek, Derek Henry just did it. And we were just talking about how their college profiles still say something about what they've already proven they can do. And so it's definitely in Joe Mixon's upside to be, you know, a top five, top 12 fantasy running back next year, but I'm almost starting to want to bet against it because there's value in that talking about going opposite of ADP where everyone's still almost expecting it. And, um, and with, I, I do think there's a decent enough threat in that roster, and the team has consistently shown us that he's probably not going to be used that way. But it might be an entirely new team next year with uh, Andy Norton gone and stuff. And do you have anything helpful and to help me figure out what's going on with Joe Mixon at all?
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm sort of with you on on his his value really high. Um, I think I think there's. <coughs> A combination of things. I think the. um, uh, I think really, if you if you sort of look at um, coming into the season, right, they they basically lose two of their best offensive linemen, right. He doesn't get a chance to play behind them. It's it's basically the worst of of like if you could draw up a bad scenario for him. Right. That would have probably been it last year in terms of his his two best offensive linemen fall apart. Like they go with this rookie quarterback experiment that fails. They lose, you know, their number one wide receiver. And, you know, you just sort of like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Um, And he finishes his running back 13. Like that's. Like, if, if everything that could go wrong did go wrong and he finishes as, a, as the top RB2, you, you, honestly, you'd probably take that. If, if I told you everything's going to go wrong and he finishes as running back 13, you probably would lock that in. And it, it, granted, it came, like, later in the season. Like, it was... It I was se- going to
1: say, isn't that had- a little bit, like, how season-long stats start to lie to us in the offseason? Because we forget the pain of what it was to have Joe Mixon for the season and yeah. then him blow up like when it was already too late, like I'm out so. but thanks for putting in the effort here. Right. Exactly. But sorry, Karen.
0: (laughs) No, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. Um, You know, so I just, I, I, I still think there's more there for him, but it's, I think he's in an interesting group. Like you, you look at him and, you know, you sort of like Kamara's probably like sort of in a, in a, general range with him, although I think Kamara's a little bit higher, but you get like Fournette and Chubb and, um, you know, that sort of tier of running back. And then you throw Jacobs in there and these rookies in there, and there's a big muddle there. Like it's a – it tends to be like a pretty decent tier in terms of like pick what you like, um, but basically the second, you know, the second tier of running backs. Um, and so, I'm, I mean, of those, I think he's – he has the most – I think he has like the most well-rounded profile in terms of um, in terms of like 300 touches gets, you know, gets 50 catches type deal. Like I can, I can see that with him more than probably like, <coughs> excuse me. Then like Chubb at this point with like with Kareem Hunt and all those things, like I can see a good bounce back from Joe Mixon. But again, I think you have to be careful about about the costs that you pay. Right. And and not take these big, uh, you know, not realize that that's a tier there and sort of act appropriately within it. Uh, that was all very well said, and I agree with that a lot. I was just desperately
1: trying to come up with anything I have to meet it, and I don't. <laughs> so, um, I looked it up. Joe Mixon, 30% of his total yards was res- from a- from the receiving game, if I can speak. Um, Christian McAfee was 23, and 23 is exceptionally high. It's just mm-hmm. that Joe Mixon's got this weird, I don't think we think of him that way anymore, but he's got this decent history of being largely or an incredible part of a passing game.
0: Well, he had Samajid so Piran there too, right? Like it was like he had a, a really good, and Samajid Piran's flamed out in the NFL. But he had a, a, I mean, he was a top recruit coming in that that whole. He was a really good recruit. All that, all that um, profile coming in, so he did have competition. And like that's the interesting thing with Swift. Like, if you think about Swift, like uh, the thing that I'll always go back to with Swift. Is at eighteen years old. They put him on the field in the same backfield as Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, mm-hmm. and he's out there running around catching passes. Like we can nitpick at his profile, but like that's the thing that I always come back to and be like, like he was pretty good at 18. You know, like like that's that's sort of the thing I think about. And you know, with Mixon, like that was what he was. And at I think he was like 228 coming out, like those big time receiving backs, like they don't Typically look like that um and so yeah so i i i think him and swift are an interesting are sort of interesting in that perspective about about the types of players there
1: no swiss so someone who has one of those you know exciting upside profiles just based on this non-descriptive way of looking at their total yards like he's one of the few who averaged greater than like 12 percent in terms of his yards being from the receiving game his is at 18 percent um, I think he's in most people's top three, so I don't think he's a surprise to anyone. But, yeah, he is a really interesting profile. And that goes back to whatever's going to happen to the draft and where he's going to hide. Random question, but when I was thinking of myself earlier, again, like I've said this about wide receivers, but it's true of running backs. Do you feel like some teams, and they're not always good teams, which is the frustrating part, <laughs> but they end up collecting these, profile, or these players, because they're actual people, I forget that, <laughs> <Where> I'm a <laughs> cold hearted data man. And that you really wish you could have seen not land altogether. Yes. Like Miami has been doing it wide receiver forever. I'm like, not that there was a great deal of AJ Greens hiding back there, but there are a bunch of players I thought could have been really useful and even fantasy relevant in the NFL and they just get stuck behind each other. And eventually, it's just like a queue where one ages out, like Jarvis uh, Landry and leaves, and suddenly you get Rashad Matthews showing, Yeah, you should have been playing me the last three years. And there was a guy, Isaiah Ford, like mm-hmm. he was an undrafted free agent. Like, I don't, I think everyone's gone about right? it right now. But I continue, you know, the candle burns bright for my late round picks. Okay. <laughs> and, um, like, I really, th- like if they could just and Cincinnati's another one. Like I said, they did it with running backs um last year. They drafted two that I thought if they land trusted landed in interesting situations, like maybe possibly, uh-huh. and just not there. Just not there, guys. Um I don't know. Do you is there a team like any other teams that seem to do that for you? Those are the ones that always stick out for me. And
0: maybe it's just because they're bad teams, so good players get way late anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, I, I think the, I think the Steelers have a type at running back, like big guys that can catch. Um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Benny Snell fan, but I think he was a, he would fall in that category. I think Jalen Samuels falls in that category and, and Connor has proven that as well. Uh, and they all come after Le'Veon Bell. So like they, they have sort of a type, um, and don't, you know, to try and avoid overpaying for them. Right. That's, that's kind of a typology. Um, which is i think pretty interesting um other ones i mean um yeah i i am struggling with any other ones um
1: it's okay it's a
0: random question why no, would you have no, that I, I, weird thought in your
1: head as well but i do yeah. like i have it against certain teams i'm like you bastards i wanted
0: yeah. i wanted Isaiah Ford afford the ball come on man <laughs> well see yeah. that was interesting right like they they consistently like of all the teams like there's a lot of players from there that end up going other places and having roles like as, as being, you know, just couldn't make the depth chart. I mean, you've got guys like Alex Collins and um, you know, Bo Bo Scarborough, you know I mean? You, you have seen these guys, there's someone else who's escaping me after Thomas Rawls at one point, I think he landed someplace else too, but like you, you see these the depth of their depth chart at running back, like they're pretty good further down the line. I mean San Francisco, like they have this infatuation with paying people at running back. And like if they just paid nobody, like they've done a really good job with like, you know, Mostert and Brita and like Jeff Wilson, like they keep, they just continually like rolling them out. And I was joking, you know, what's, what's the most likely outcome this year? Well, given their infatuation with paying up, they're going to spend that 13th overall pick on Jonathan Taylor. Like that just seems like what the history has been. Um, I just say that kidding. I don't think it's actually going to happen, but like they, they're a team that has a type. Um, you just wish that they sort of knew they had a type at this point.
2: Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and they on the plate, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars Dropping bombs without no borders, They got that eye, I like mortar Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore I am at a crossroads Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road Go clicking a pole, Twitter is gold, play run So Jake on the table and they the not so please. No, Pete it's a the place they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a pole, Twitter is gold, play run So Jake on the table and they the not so please. No, Pete it's a the place they're analytical.